Welcome in to the month Tua of the NFL season for the Miami Dolphins. The Tua of us are star of the show Adam Beasley and caddy of the show Armando Salguero. Star of the show, could you please tell me here at it's uh, Tua o'clock on the, <laughs> at the number Tua day of the week, and I'm feeling a little Tua. <laughs> what can I tell you? It's, it's already I already know it's going to be a good show, and before you can even get through the first sentence, I start chuckling. It's uh, it's, it's it's going to be a good one. You got to give me props. I got through it without. You know, you could tell I was smiling, but I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't cracking myself up as I often do when I'm by myself, allowing myself to introduce myself. <laughs> it's 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 okay to talk to yourself, but just if you get an answer, call somebody. Okay. Indeed. <laughs> so let's uh, let's dive in because this morning at 9 a.m. or so, the Miami Dolphins announced on Twitter that uh, their starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers game is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And when that happened, you thought what? They were really, truly, seriously, deeply considering making a quarterback change yesterday. That is true. That is true. I think that they – had a meeting after Brian Flores spoke to us, which we'll get into that press conference in a minute. And they went pros and the cons and the cons outweighed the pros as of now week five, Uh, but stay tuned. And there might be a number of reasons why week five is not as, uh, you know, optimistic for Tua playing as week six. The 49ers have a much better defense than the Broncos, at least on paper. Um, so that could be a reason why. Certainly they have a better pass rush. The, the Broncos are without Von Miller. Um, but I think, uh, I think they were so uh, perplexed, frustrated uh, by how Ryan Fitzpatrick played on Sunday uh, that they seriously considered making quarterback change. You know what's interesting to me is, um, by the way, I'm not sure that the 49ers have all that good a defense anymore. I mean, all their good players up in the front seven are are, are out. They're, you know, they, they yes, they, they they have some injuries, but they still are second in the NFL in yards per play allowed at four point eight. Uh, the Broncos aren't terrible. They're you know they they got they're allowing five point two, uh, but the Forty ers have a pretty decent defense still, and 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 I I, I don't think they were ready to put Tua into that uh, into that tempest particularly because we don't know uh, if they're starting left tackle. Austin Jackson is going to be available. And I don't think you want to his first game since his hip exploded being behind Julian Davenport. I'm glad you brought up the hip because up until yesterday, whenever we asked the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores, whomever was available, how is to his health? Has he checked boxes? Is he okay? Does he have normal mobility? Can he get out of the way and defend himself? The answer was always yes. Yesterday, Coach Brian Flores curiously brought the idea into the into everybody's mind that 
injury is a consideration, and we don't want to throw him out there, you know, right away with after his injury. Can, can I can I give you my theory? Please. My theory is this: they really, truly do not want to play Tua until they're 365 days removed from his injury. I think they would like to give him a full year to uh, to, to get completely healed up. Uh, and that would give them a degree of confidence going forward. Now, if they have to play him earlier, they'll do so begrudgingly. But I don't, I don't think uh, they want to do anything. They, you know, they, I think Flo was telling the truth. I don't think they want to feel like they're rushed into playing him. Uh, and now we can get into the crazy logic that we discussed off air, and you discussed with you know great with keen observation in your column. Well, he's one bad snap away from playing anyway. I mean, the the guy is the only other quarterback on the roster. Ryan Fitzpatrick is 117 years old. I, mean, I think 37 is the real number. But he's a very old guy in terms of the NFL. Certainly he's younger than both of us. But he's old to the NFL. And there's what's going on in the world right now that's affecting literally everyone on the planet? A Nothing. pandemic. And, yes, there, we've seen what happens. Best laid plans are ruined by a positive test by your starting quarterback. We have an example of that last night with the New England Patriots, who their quarterbacks looked like poo. They were really, really bad because Cam Newton had COVID. So explain that. Make that make, that make sense to me, Armando. It doesn't make sense because on the one hand, in one breath, Brian Flores is talking about we have to consider the injury. And uh, in the next breath, it, and what everything that they have done this year, Adam, is Tua is next man up. Tua is one step away. Tua is healthy. Tua is fine. It was a tortured, convoluted explanation that brought up a topic that they worked really hard to, to you know, kind of delete from the conversation previously. And now it's in the conversation, except for the fact that their actions say everything you said is moot. Because everything you've done relative to Tua is he's active every game. He's your only other quarterback. If Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, has any sort of issue and cannot take a snap, cannot play a game, we can't play, you know, we can't play our starter. Tua is the new starter. So which is it? And here's the thing that really boggles my mind that I didn't raise in my column. So they would be comfortable by what they have done so far in putting Tua Tungavailoa into a game as an emergency with no preparation because the second-team quarterback takes maybe 10, maybe 15% of the snaps in practice every week, with no real, uh, you know, foresight, with no real knowledge of what he's about to face. They're comfortable putting him in in that scenario, but they're not comfortable preparing him for an entire week letting him know what they want to run, telling him everything that they are going to do, letting him practice against, you know, the, the defenses that he's going to see, that 
they're not comfortable doing. It, it, it just makes no sense. You're fine throwing him out there in an emergency when he's not fully ready, but you're not fine preparing him fully and then putting him out there. I, I think that this is a complex issue that there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables at play. And uh, Flo didn't want to go into all of those variables, which could be, A, we, we'll be punting on the season if we play Tua right now. That he is not where, he is not where Fitz is. Mm. And if we play him in week five, that's a signal to our team that we're, we're getting ready for 2021. Now, you and I might agree that they should be doing it anyway because they're three games back of the Bills in the AFC East and have already lost the tiebreaker, so they're really three and a half games back of the Bills in the AFC East, and they still have a ridiculously hard schedule to go that, yes, their point differential actually isn't that bad when you compare it to other teams, and they could very easily be 2-2 two and two, or if not even 3-1. and one. But look, they're not. They're not. They are far, far behind in the race for the playoffs. So, yeah, may, maybe uh, it will hurt their, their product on the field Sunday if, uh, if Tua plays instead of Fitz. But that shouldn't be your concern at this point. Your concern at this point should be how do we, how do we win a Super Bowl? And how do you win a Super Bowl, Armando? Have your quarterback playing at an elite level as soon as possible. He's not going to do that his first five to eight games. You just don't do that. It takes – look at Josh Allen, who I've eaten a lot of crow about because he was god-awful his first 16 games as a pro. After he got through that first 16 starts, he's been really good. The second 16, he's made great improvement. You can expect those kind of bumps and bruises and growing pains for Tua, too. Why not get them over with now in a season that you're one and three – and, and you're not going to go to the playoffs unless there's an incredible turnaround. You know, I've, I've bought into the logic that you just mentioned at the beginning of the season when it was clear, look, Tua is a guy that has not had a preseason, has not had a full rookie routine offseason, and he's not ready, and he's a quarterback. It's the toughest position to play in all of sports. Okay, so here we go with Ryan Fitzmagic or Fitztragic, whichever one shows up to the stadium every Sunday. The problem with the logic is we are now a month into the season, and the team is one and three. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me that putting Tua in might ruin your season. You've already done a really good job of that, you know, with your veteran quarterback. One and three – puts you on more of a footing of top 10 draft pick than the pathway to a playoff berth. So I don't want to hear you have to tell the veterans in the locker room, you have to send them the message that we're still in it. The veterans in the locker room have their own problems that they need to get straight because they're one in three. <laughs> they, they got you to one in three. Mind your own business, do your job better, and don't be one and three, and then you can have a say about, hey, where's our season going, coach? Why are we playing the rookie? I, I don't buy this anymore. It, it, the, the narrative doesn't fly anymore. And, 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 and here's a reason to believe that things are going to get worse before they get better. I, I, I will bring up that factoid to you, Armando, when we get back. 
You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So how about that for a crappy podcast tease? Uh, I'm back, Armando. Salguero. I'm Adam Beasley. Uh, Mondo, uh, we, we think the Dolphins are okay, right? We don't think they're terrible. They're certainly improved over last year. They're not getting beat by 40 a game early. They've won one of their first seven games, which is an improvement. Their point differential isn't terrible. But we saw last week that they're not they're, – they're, and we've seen three of the first four weeks – they're not on the same level as the teams that are going to go to the playoffs. Um, Armando – they're not even on the same level or close to the same level right now, according to Las Vegas, to teams who are playing Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard as their quarterback because we don't know for certain that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back for his high ankle sprain. The, the line opened at San Francisco minus eight, and San Francisco might be on their number three quarterback on Sunday. What does that tell you? It tells me Las Vegas uh, is, is asking people to, to bet. <laughs> and wanting people to bet. But I, I think the Dolphins are going to beat the 49ers on Sunday. Whoa! Is that cra- crazy? 13 just, minutes in, we've already got our prediction. Wow! Yes, that was a good tease, by the way. But I, I'm disappointed in you because you did not say at the beginning of the segment, welcome back to segment two of the show. <laughs> I, I was very distraught that you did not take – uh, an easy layup on the Tua bad joke. So you know uh, who wouldn't. You know who else wouldn't like that joke? Who's that? Ray Maluga. Ray Maluga has long since been retired from this podcast. I, I've gone what at least four weeks without <laughs> mentioning him. But thank you for bringing him up. I appreciate it. Hey, um, let me ask you something. So we all know, and the Dolphins tell us. The Tua needs to improve, right? Mm-hmm. Good. How is he going to do that? Well, yeah, obviously you improve by having game reps. Uh, but there, there could be certain things that he hasn't grasped yet that isn't just, hey, has you getting experience in a game, seeing things live. He might not even be ready for that. Again, these are things that they're not telling us, but – it, it, unless they have deep, deep reservations about his hip, which, again, evidence suggests that they don't because he is one snap away from playing every single week. Um, so let's say that that's not the case. Then what, what it's telling me is he is not at a point yet where he has a grasp of the offense that they're confident putting him in the game. Or they have deep, deep reservation about his ability. Oh, no! Oh, no! Wow! Mondo! What? I mean, 
we we just went through the exercise on the hip. It makes no sense to bring up the hip, right? Because he's going to play. He's going to play. Period. He's going to play. And not only is he going to play, if something goes wrong, he's going to play. So the hip, <clears throat> out the door. That that whole injury scenario, I, I, I just turn my back on that. But there is a reason why you're refusing to put him in. There is a reason. And, uh, I mean, you don't think he's ready. Why is he not ready? Because he's not good. Yeah. <laughs> I we saw him so we saw him the last time that they practiced openly in front of the media was in uh, August, right? Mm-hmm. Or early September. And No, 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 no. We we haven't seen we haven't seen Tua since the scrimmage, which was August 20 the same day he talked. That's the last time we had an open practice. Okay. And and that day by the way, his team lost to Josh Rosen's team. <laughs> that is correct. So, and then they, they got rid of Josh Rosen. But he was not, during training camp and even in that scrimmage, he was not, like, amazing. Mm-mm. He, You know, I kept waiting for the aha moment. I kept waiting for the, oh, wow, now I get why he's this guy. Now I get why he's the number five overall pick. And I'm still waiting. I, I mean, he he completed plat passes, but there wasn't like a pass that I said, "Holy fuck!" You know, <laughs> that, that that's amazing. That that is like that is that is stellar. That is Hall of Fame. Did you oh. see that play? I mean, there obviously what he does well, he did very well. You know, steam routes, slants, things like that. He's good, but. I mean, he does not have – we'll say this. He does not have Josh Rosen's arm. Is that fair? Well, Brian Flores said that. Correct. Correct. Josh Rosen had the best arm talent. That didn't mean he was, the, he was a good quarterback, but he had the best arm talent of the three. Um, I'm, I'm going to go galaxy brain on you, Armando, ne- next level. I would say if he's not ready, you even have more instead to play him. Because right now they have the number three – and the number nine picks in the 2021 NFL draft. The number three thanks to the Houston Texans, and the number nine thanks to their one and three start. And you need to have all the information possible. If you have a top three pick next year, and you and you don't know if Tua is your guy, you're in trouble because they could be in position next year to do to Tua what the Cardinals did to Josh Rosen. And the Cardinals, they made the right choice, true or false? Absolutely true. Why, why is Tua so exempt from this? So, again, this goes back to the Rosen situation last year, that if you, you gain more from having the most possible information. You do. And so if the most possible information is he goes out there and is terrible, that's too bad. It's a waste of a draft pick. But you know what? At least you know. And at least you're, you know in time to, to, to correct that mistake. Fair or not. It's fair, and let me put something else in your brain because I'm I'm planting today. I'm 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 sowing. I'm sowing <laughs> seeds. So last year we saw that the team, and basically, uh, more specifically, Brian Flores did not want to play Josh Rosen. He played him for two games, I think, 
and then he got benched again, and we never saw him again. And it became pretty clear to us that the reason he wasn't playing is he wasn't good. Mm -hmm. Right? That was the reason. They thought that Fitzpatrick was better. Mm -hmm. They had every every excuse to play the inferior player, and they – they they couldn't bring themselves to do it because Flores wanted to win regardless of what the narrative was from the personnel department. He didn't want to tank. He wanted to put the best quarterback out there. What makes you think that he's not operating under the same sort of uh, thinking now? I think he thinks that Fitzpatrick is better than Tua right now. Oh, I, I agree with that. Right now is the key word. Does he think that Fitzpatrick is going to be than Tua week 14 if you put Tua in now? That's the question because you're not – again, we've discussed this already. If, if you put Tua in right now, you're punting on 2020. Maybe he gets crazy hot like Baker Mayfield did as a rookie and keeps them competitive and they're a fun story and all that. But mo- the more likely scenario is this. He's going to take his lumps. And, A, you'd rather have those lumps taken now – and have him improve on them for next year, or B, if he's not going to improve, I would rather know that. I would. And here's one more thing, Armando. Uh, they didn't draft Josh Rosen. Yes, they gave up the 62nd or 63rd pick in the draft to acquire him, but they didn't draft Josh Rosen as a top 10 pick. They drafted Tua as a top 5 pick. So they have a lot more invested in Tua. They, they need to know what they have. They absolutely have to. And, and, and I think, I, I don't know, it, we're, we're not going to go down this road because I don't think there's much of anything that could put Brian Flores' job in jeopardy in 2020. But there are other people in that organization, we, we've seen, they, they turn over coaches and people in the personnel department pretty regularly, okay? Um, wouldn't you think that they would be saying, hey, we got to make two a work or we're going to be in trouble? Absolutely. And here's another, you made a salient point about, you know, he needs 12, 16 games, maybe a little bit more even, to be a ready-made NFL quarterback. It's going to look ugly at first. It might be painful. It's not going to be a finished product when he first gets on the field. So what they're basically doing, the longer that they wait, the longer that they wait, the longer the pain will be next year, in year three of this group, of this administration. So in year one, they were tanking for the quarterback. In year two, they're, they're still with the same, you know, journeyman quarterback, and they're not putting the quarterback that they've tanked for into the games. And so they might not do it this week. They're not, they might not do it next week. They might not do it until the end of the season, okay, until after the, after the, the bye. But that, is that enough basing? Is that enough uh, uh, cooking period to make Tua come out guns a-blazing in the season opener in 2021? Or is he going to still be in um, I'm learning mode for half that season? And now we've got half a season blown next year. Correct. Uh, and, and I think these are tough questions for Flores to answer in the moment because he has, he has a team and a roster uh, to lead. 
I don't think these are questions that should be ducked over by the organization. And I think these are questions that uh, that uh, Chris Greer should answer. I He's think not going to answer. Yeah, I agree. Flores is not going to answer. Flores mm-hmm. talks to us every day, and he's not going to answer that because right. you know the answer. The answer is I'm only thinking about what the next game beating the San Francisco 49ers. That's but it. that that's that's not Chris Greer's motivation. Chris Greer's motivation is to build a champion, correct? Well, I thought it was everybody's motivation, but yeah. But in the moment, Brian Flores isn't thinking about the Super Bowl. Chris Greer is thinking about how do I make this roster a, a elite? How do I make this team a Super Bowl competitor, yeah. and he, he, there are there are big major questions about the most important player on that roster that he should answer. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? Uh, this has been quite a quite a time. <laughs> I'm thinking we've spent so much time on Tonga Vailoa. We should, you know, th- it, this has been the Tonga Vailoa podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if we should do a podcast number two uh, this week to discuss the other players. What do you think? I think we could, but no one would listen. You didn't laugh, Beasley. I said, let me try this again. We should do a podcast number two uh, this week. Oh, I get it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us. On this week's Dolphins in Depth podcast, <laughs> I'm trying to think of another joke and I can't. Everybody <laughs> have a good Tuesday. <laughs> Very good. Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>